Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, January 6th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, black business owners face an uphill battle trying to secure bank loans for their businesses. That leaves many frustrated. And the problem is they're not merely being told no. They're being told no without really a way of understanding how that can be turned into a yes. Some local nonprofits are working to change that. We'll have that story from St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson in just a bit. First, the headlines. Farmers in Missouri and Illinois are more pessimistic about the new year compared to this point 12 months ago. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports many are coming off a tough 2019. The Missouri Farm Bureau reports its annual survey of members shows twice as many farmers are pessimistic going into this year compared to last year. A survey at Purdue University showed similar results. Jim Minter of Purdue School of Agriculture says farmers are not expecting a complete resolution to the trade war with China, but they do expect government payments to continue. We've asked producers whether or not they think it's likely that they would receive a payment. And so about 60% of the farmers expect to see a payment on the 2020 crop in the absence of a trade agreement, I guess. Both Purdue and the Missouri Farm Bureau surveys also show a growing number of farmers plan to retire in the next five years without a plan to pass the farm on to their children. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois' new cannabis law lays out a timeline for how the state will allow the marijuana industry to grow over the next several years. Illinois will license more than 180 new dispensaries and 40 new small-scale growing operations by the end of 2021. Toy Hutchinson is an advisor to Governor J.B. Pritzker on cannabis control and says lawmakers intentionally capped the number of businesses to allow more participation from minority communities. That is probably the one thing that didn't happen anywhere else, is that licenses were let and then people operated free and unfettered. And what we're doing is trying to take this time to turn an industry around so that it actually looks like the state that we all call home. Around 30 cannabis dispensaries throughout Illinois are now selling to recreational customers, and several more are expected to come online in the next few months. Up to eight Illinois community colleges will be allowed to offer cannabis courses to students starting this fall. The Maryland Heights Tax Increment Financing Commission has rejected the city's plan to redevelop a low-lying area near the Missouri River. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports, landowners and environmentalists have been on opposite sides of that proposal. The commission voted 7-5 to against approving a plan to finance pumps and levees in a 2,400-acre area. Jim Carver is the city's economic development manager. He says landowners will have a harder time building pumps to drain the frequently flooded area. It's disheartening for the city. Uh, It's disheartening for the landowners in the bottoms. But Great Rivers Habitat Alliance Director David Stokes says redeveloping the area would worsen flooding in the St. Louis region. We just had a major flood and for people to respond to that and say, hey, maybe a giant floodplain development is not such a good idea now. It's wonderful. The city council could still approve a version of the plan that would allow TIF funds to be used to build up levees, but not construct pumps. I'm Eli Chen, St. Louis Public Radio. Ameren has completed a major project in Missouri. The utility says the nearly $270 million Mark Twain power transmission line 
is now operating in the northeast part of the state, and Ameren says this project will allow other wind power initiatives, and that should lower energy costs. Black business owners are far more likely to be denied loans than white business owners in the U.S. The lack of access to safe and affordable capital has made it even harder for black owners to start and keep their businesses afloat. As St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson reports, a few local nonprofits are working to change that. Freddie Lee James is mixing his signature barbecue sauce in a professional kitchen he rents near downtown St. Louis. He and his wife Deborah started Freddie Lee's Gourmet Sauces in 2010. Freddie Lee says making sauce started out as a hobby that instantly had his family and coworkers hooked. Everybody starts saying, man, you ought to just go on and try that and push it out there. Man, you know, shouldn't be just doing construction work. You ought to sell your sauce. Which is five years before he was set to retire, he swapped out his hard hat for an apron and got to work. His sauce is now sold in over a thousand stores, including Schnucks, Steerberg, Straubs, Hy-Vee, and Home Goods. But even with all the success the couple has had, they still can't get a loan from a bank. We have a... Uh... 750, 760s credit score. We pay all our debts. We don't have no problems with that. But they were saying that the sauce business is not generating enough capital to their standards. Freddie Lee's experience is not uncommon. According to a 2017 report from the Federal Reserve Bank, more than 50% of black business owners and roughly 40% of Hispanic business owners were denied loans from banks. That's in comparison to nearly 25% of white business owners. We work with so many businesses that I feel are frustrated, and they're frustrated for good reason, because they're being told no. Galen Gandolfi is the chief communications officer with Justine Peterson, a microlender in St. Louis. And the problem is they're not merely being told no. They're being told no without really a way of understanding how that can be turned into a yes. His organization helps small business owners build up their credit and give them access to safe and affordable loans. In fact, it helped get Freddie Lee a loan to maintain his business. Justine Peterson takes the time to teach financial skills. That's not something traditional banks do. But to be fair, banks are in the money business. They're heavily regulated and risk-averse, says Del Gines, the Senior Community Development Advisor with the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City. And so they have to put, you know, be very careful about the businesses that they lend to because, you know, having bad business loans is one of the leading causes of banks actually going out of business. But he says that does not mean systemic issues are not at play. Gein says oftentimes black business owners are not taught the necessary tools to succeed, like overall financial literacy. He says discrimination only widens that gap. The Center for Acceleration of African-American Business is trying to change that in St. Louis. Eddie G. Davis is the president and executive director of the organization. He says the center helps clients create a plan so they don't walk into banks and entrepreneurship blindly. Because I tell them uh, failing to plan is like planning to fail, and it's like driving blind. So once they got, have that understanding, we work with them to develop their business plan, develop, for example, their target market, and identify who their customers will be. Davis and Justine Peterson are working with Freddie Lee to finally get that bank loan. Despite nearly a decade of hearing no's, Freddie Lee does not let that stop him. You gotta love what you do. 
I knew this is what I wanted to do. He says when he does get a loan, he'll hire employees and buy more kitchen equipment so he can make more sauce. I'm Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.